Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 Podcasts. We're your hosts, Suzanne Kearns and Missy Stevens. We want to help you through everything that happens in the ellipses, from your professional life to your emotional health. You're a mom and so much more. Let's figure out what comes next together. Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 podcast. I'm Suzanne Kearns, Mom and Dot 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 writer, LGBTQ and sex ed advocate. And this week, I am bringing plants back from the dead. All of my things that I thought froze and I cut all the way down, mm-hmm. they're coming back. And so I'm, I'm, I'm doing some fertilizing and some loving and keeping the dogs away from them. So I'm cross your fingers, cross your fingers. <laughs> it really is my favorite time of the year for that. Like every day there's new life in the yard and it's, it's so exciting. It feels like a mirror. Like they just did not look like anything was Mm-mm. ever going to bring them back. And then there's just this little bloop and yes, I'm so excited. It's the best. Well, and I'm Missy Stevens, mom and dot, 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 writer, foster child advocate, and this week writer's workshop attendee. Kind of excited. I cannot wait to hear all about that. Yeah. Uh, but first today we are excited to be chatting with Meredith Ethington. Meredith is an award-winning writer and published author of The Motherload coming out April 15th, or I'm sorry, April 18th. And she also had a 2018 debut parenting book called Mom Life Perfection Pending. She's a mom of three kids residing in Salt Lake City and has a bachelor's degree in psychology. Her original blog called Perfection P- Perfection Pending. See, this is why we do the editing. This is <laughs> is called Perfection Pending, and she has started a second successful parenting website, Filter Free Parents, where she is co-owner and editor, managing over three hundred writers and reaching millions of moms every single day. And honestly, if you have ever shared any like hilarious or heartwarming meme about parenting <laughs> online, there is a really good chance that <laughs> Meredith wrote it, yes. and then some other blogger like took off her name and like added their logo, uh-huh. which is like the number nope. one thing people like to do. But yeah, there are, there's a very excellent chance because pretty much everything that I've ever shared, I think has come from the mind of Meredith. So welcome. <laughs> We're so happy Thank to have you. you here. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much. Well, we shared a little bit about you in your bio and you have a lot going on, but we're wondering if we can back up a little bit and talk about how you got here, what your career path has been and any major influencing moments you've had along the way. Gosh, I feel like I've been around since the beginning of time in regards to (laughs) writing. I loved to write even in elementary school, high school. My favorite classes were English. I have always just had a passion for writing. And then when I started having kids, I was, I'd moved away from friends and family. And one of my best friends actually is the one who said, you need to start a blog. And so I did. This was back in 2007, I think. So a really long time ago. Back in the And yeah, and I just, it kind of morphed into a career accidentally. Um, at first it started to be where I decided I'm going to be more public about my blog and write up to a wider audience instead of just family and friends. Mm-hmm. And then that started resonating with people. And then I thought, well, maybe I could freelance. So I started doing that for a little while. And then from there, it just kind of morphed. I, I feel like I'm really business minded, although not good with numbers. So I don't know that that's a great combo. (laughs) (laughs) I I totally get that. You can hire that out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So um, I was interested in everything, really. I wanted to, everything but writing books, ironically. I was not, that was not my end goal originally, but I wanted to make it a career and establish myself in the writing community. So I, I, I freelanced, I worked as a virtual assistant, and then it eventually morphed into creating my own parenting contributor website that's filter-free parents. And it's just kind of evolved on its own. It's had a life of its own. So that's how I got to where I am today, I guess. And yeah. your new book, The Mother Load, is coming out next month. We've got a little sneak peek at it. We only got to see yeah. the first couple of chapters. So we're so excited to read the rest yeah. of it. You know, as writers, we would love to get in the house of writing it as far as uh-huh. logistically. Yeah. But uh-huh. first, can you talk a little bit about what inspired you to want to write it? So actually, I wrote this book in 2020 during the pandemic and sat on it for two years. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the 
reason why is because during that time, I was struggling with my own depression. And historically, I had dealt with anxiety and was very familiar with how to deal with my anxiety, but I'd never struggled with depression. And then COVID happened and my kids are in my business all the time and I had no personal space and I just felt like crazy a little bit. So mm-hmm. yeah. um, I also, I mean, it's kind of a convoluted story in the sense that my meds weren't working anymore and I was having these depression issues. And I, my way to kind of work through a lot of that stuff has always been through writing about it. So I started writing articles more about my depression in that time period and it just always resonated with my readers. Like I would always get messages from them and saying, you need to write a book on this topic. And also the toxic positivity that I was noticing online at the time of the pandemic really bothered me. I was like, I want to write a book that's like, girl, don't wash your face. (laughs) (laughs) Not to call anybody out, but. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) I actually did wash my face this morning. I'm very proud Uh, of I washed my face too. It's okay, but. Maybe not the rest of me, though. Yeah. But I think what inspired me the most was just the messages from other women saying, please don't stop talking about this. This is my story. This is what I'm going through. And it just seemed like people were craving talking about it. Yeah. And I'm just curious also, as someone who deals with an anxiety disorder, what were you seeing then that was making you see that this is more than my typical anxiety I'm used to dealing with. This is depression and treating it and approaching it a different way. So I think for me, um, anxiety manifested in me as rage and anger. And I grew up in a, in a culture that whether it's my Southern upbringing or her religious upbringing that I had, anger was a negative thing that you weren't supposed to experience and feel. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to be that kind of mom. I didn't want to be the mom that yelled at my kids. I didn't want to be the mom that was annoyed by them. And I wrote an article several years ago that went viral called Anxiety Manifests Anger, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. You can find it if you Google it. But <laughs> we'll link to it. <laughs> yeah, um, it was for Scary Mommy and it went viral. And that was kind of the first glimpse I got that, okay, I'm not alone in this, like, other people experience anxiety this way too. And then when the depression came in, it was like a foreign thing to me. In fact, I didn't even recognize it for a while because it was more about just like apathy, not wanting to do the things I normally loved, you know, even having some days where all I could think about was I cannot wait till I can get back in my bed. And that's kind of a typical thing. Lots of moms feel honestly, Mm -hmm. depression or not. But for me, it was just really impacting all of the things that I loved. And that's when I started going, okay, something more is going on here. I want to touch a little bit on the toxic positivity too. Yeah. You brought it up just a minute ago. And that's something we really wanted to talk about that a lot of what's going on in social media is like disguised as inspirational girl, wash your face kind of stuff. Like, what are some examples of things that we might not even really recognize are toxic positivity and then how do we deal with the fact that that is bad for us? Yeah, I I can't tell you how many people message me or leave comments on Instagram that say, I'm so glad that there's a real influencer out there. Now, granted, I don't think I'm the only one that's being real, <laughs> but I do think we live in a culture where everybody's sharing their best selves. And Mm -hmm. that's fine. Like I share my best self too on the days that I'm having a great day and a great face of makeup. (laughs) I want to take a selfie and say, look, I can look like this just so you know. (laughs) But I've also really wanted to always be that person that shared the hard stuff too. And I think the stuff that we scroll past, like I have started unfollowing people only share the good stuff because what I found Mm -hmm. is it made me feel inferior Even cute bloggers that are a size zero, you know, and they're showing these cute jeans. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to order those. Those look cute. And then I put them on and I'm like, what the heck? Why don't I look that cute? (laughs) Um, You know, I think that we can be influenced to feel bad about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think toxic positivity is in a nutshell, is like we're being influenced in some way. We are reflecting it back on ourselves and saying, I'm not good enough or I'm not positive and you know I'm too negative 
have or whatever, whatever it is that we might criticize ourselves for. And so I think we just have to be aware when we're scrolling that how we're feeling inside when we're looking at someone's Instagram or someone's positive quotes that they share. Because I'm one of those people that tends to be a little more negative on the negative side. I'm a glass half empty sort of girl. (laughs) (laughs) And so for me, reading positivity can be good, but it can also affect me in a self-loathing kind of way to where I'm like, well, why can't I be more like that? Why can't I be more upbeat and positive? Mm -hmm. I think it's just about checking in with yourself and going, how is this person making me feel about myself? Do I feel empowered? Yeah. Do I feel empowered or do I feel like I want to hide under the covers because I can't Mm -hmm. fit into those jeans or whatever? I can think of a couple people that I've noticed recently that I don't necessarily feel bad about myself, but I feel some like anger even like I go by and it brings up something in me where I I feel snarky and I, yes, it's just not healthy. It's not who I want to be and how, how I want to feel. So I think that's really great advice to check in with that feeling and then consider like, maybe I need to hide those people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think here's the thing that gets to me is sometimes it's just like influencers that have, you know, a perfectly clean kitchen counter and nothing's out of place or all white furniture or something like that. I'm like, how is that real? Like (laughs) you have children that can't be real. And like, why isn't my house more beautiful and perfect or whatever? So, yeah, I mean, I don't think those people are necessarily intentionally trying to be toxic. There are people out there that are only want to see the good side or like, this is why I became a mother. I always love spending time with my kids. Like that kind of rhetoric bugs me. I, mm-hmm. I kind of feel anxious when I read that too. Like, why don't I have those feelings? So. I think that's really important as a mom blogger, because you came to blogging at a time when I don't know. There's kind of the mix. There's the reality moms. And then there's the ones that are the picture perfect moms on there. Mm -hmm. And I love the perfection pending idea of like (laughs) pending for a long time. Perfection, not possible, basically. It should have been named perfection, always bending forever and never. Right. (laughs) Right. I mean, what even is perfection? I think that's, yeah. Okay. So Let's get to some of the nuts and bolts of writing the book as two writers and not necessarily all our listeners are writers, but they probably all have some type of project that they would love to carve out some time for and do for themselves. And it just seems impossible. And Mm -hmm. since you are the real deal, as far as telling it straight and not trying to sugarcoat it, how did it go? What did that look like? Especially while you're dealing with depression. Yeah. And COVID. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, how how did writing this look like for you? Well, it's interesting. I think when I first wrote it and before I showed it to anybody, I think it's kind of dark and depressing book to be honest. <laughs> I think it, um, it definitely needed some tweaking in the sense that I was in a dark place in some ways. Um, but to me, that was important to tap into that real feeling in the moment mm-hmm. and to be able to really help my readers know I get it I understand what this feels like but right. as far as the logistical aspect I don't know I don't know that I have any great miraculous tips <laughs> but um when I wrote my first book I wrote it during the summer and I actually went to my public library to get away from my children and I would just designate time to sit down and write and I put on noise canceling headphones and I used binaural beats. Do you know what those are? No. Oh, so I I love writing with, you can go on YouTube and just like Google binaural beats, B-I-N-A-U-R-E-L, I think. Okay. And they have lots of different ones for concentration, but also for sleep and stuff like that. And so basically it's like sound that's stimulating both sides of your brain and it's supposed to kind of help you hone in and concentrate. So I'd put those on. That's one tip I did use. And I, anytime I need to drown out the household noises and focus on something, I like mm-hmm. to put those on and kind of zone out and focus. Um, but I just think like a lot of things for mom, just making time for it in your schedule, mm-hmm. treating it like a doctor's appointment, saying this is something I have to do. I know it's optional, but I'm going to do it. And that's kind of how I wrote both books really just making it a priority i know that's not super no i mean that's it's important <laughs> to be able to say i'm making this time to youtube 
Yeah. Yeah. You can find them for free. I'm sure there's apps and stuff too, but I just always go to YouTube and find it. And they're usually like a, a loop. And so you can just let it run for an hour or two and yeah. Now I hate this question that no one ever asks a working man, but uh, because (laughs) listeners (laughs) might be, you know, like, oh, great. I want to go to the library and get my binaural or whatever. (laughs) Right. But where, so where were the kids when you were getting away for the kids? They were at home. They were fending for themselves. Okay. So they were of um, an age where they yes, could fend yes. for themselves. So okay. my oldest is now 16. So now I can leave them all the time, 14 and 11. Those are the ages of my kids now. Back when I wrote that first book, they were a little younger, but it was literally down the street. So yeah. it wasn't too bad to leave them. And I, and I worked in short doses, like an hour long. So Right. You weren't gone for hours on if, end. Yeah. If you've got little littles, um, hire a babysitter if you can or swap with another mom and so that you can both work on your projects. Every mom has a project, right? So yeah. even if it's not writing oriented, I think that's something that saved me in the beginning when I my kids were toddlers. I had another mom that we would swap and we had it in our schedules like this is my day and this is your day. And we would have kid free days when they were in preschool, it was amazing. I that is love amazing. That. Using that's, your village. That's yes, the ultimate sure. accountability partner mm-hmm. as far as you yep. know, figure out what your goals are. And then, yeah, you're going to have someone's kid a couple times a week. So you've got to get really organized with your time to be able to make yeah, sure. the time when they're with the other mom. Really useful. And that I gives that. you like, I don't want to say you don't feel guilty. I hate to call it guilt, but like. Like when your kids are with that mom, you know, your turn is coming. So you're just yes. like, bye, have a great time. Exactly. Because, and honestly, yeah. our kids, um, you know, we had kids the same age and they grew up like brothers. They just mm-hmm. loved it. So if you can find someone out there like that, to be that kind of village and support for you. That's not everybody can hire childcare. So no. I think that's a great alternative. Yeah. You mentioned something when you were talking about writing this book and that it was a little dark before you showed it to somebody, did you get a book coach? Did you show it? Do you have trusted friends? Like who are your early readers who helped you get it to where it is now? Honestly, I didn't show it to a lot of people. I went with a different publisher this time around than the first time. The first time I had a great experience with that publisher. They saw the premise of the book and they just said, well, this is maybe not what we're thinking for your next book. So feel free to shop it around was kind of what they said. And Mm -hmm. so to me, this book was so important to get out there that I did shop it around a little bit. And I got that same feedback from a few people. And so I was stuck for a while. Like, I understand how to make this book work and how to get this out in the world because I'm not like a PhD and I can't write it from a psychologist point of view. Mm-hmm. Yet this book needs to reach moms because it's important for moms to know they're not alone. So I was just kind of stuck for a little while with what do I do with this book? And I think when I approached Dexterity Publishing about it, they were open to kind of coaching me and working with me and and were fantastic and amazing about helping me kind of not make it prescriptive, but make it more of a, here's some takeaways and here's some tips and here's some ways to get through these dark times. And it really made the book so much more amazing and positive and wonderful. So. And did you feel, I mean, was it almost like a form of therapy for you as going through writing it during this time? Oh, for sure. I feel like writing has always been therapy for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, granted, I, I have two therapists real therapists. So, you know, I, I have the real deal as well, but writing has just always been a way for me to process my feelings and mm-hmm. really kind of, I'm in my head a lot. So it's a way to get out on paper and realize what I'm really thinking and feeling and work through those things. So yeah, absolutely. And just taking away the shame around feeling depressed and being yeah. in that spot. I, f- I feel like maybe depression gets a little bit more of a negative connotation because it people the stigma around depression might be more things like lazy or unmotivated kind of those negative things Mm -hmm. whereas if you're an anxious mom that's out there still frazzled and doing the thing Mm -hmm. then maybe that's looked on a little bit more relatable but depression sometimes can I I think can have 
a darker side to it that people don't always understand and get. And it's so important that you share these stories. And I, I'm very grateful that you do it because I think that it does help a lot of people to not mm -hmm. feel like they have to hide and to know that they're not alone. I've been open about dealing with my anxiety disorder because my anxiety does present so much differently. It's more physical than mental. And it does as far as like the ability to get out and do things. I'm not the anxious where I can like function <laughs> anymore. It really does um, knock me down and a lot of dizziness, vertigo, so that I'm not able to function. And mm -hmm. it does, it makes you feel like yeah, you know, you're not a contributor. When you're a stay-at-home mom, you feel like you got this one job. And when you can't even do that, right. you can't right. even take care of your kids. So it's really tricky. But I think it does present so differently for so many different people. And that's why it's important to share it. The more people who talk about it, the more there's a chance that someone's going to say, yeah, that sounds like me. There's so many online quizzes where you check all the boxes and some of right. them don't necessarily match up with what your boxes are. Right. So you don't have a box like that. Yeah. Yes. But I'm wondering, and this may be from your own experience or from your research that you did for the book, like when people are having those questions, like I don't look like the boxes, that doesn't sound like me. I feel like I, that sounds like half of me, but not the other half. Like, is that something where they would you just start with your general practitioner first. How did that proceed for you? Yeah, I think um, anytime you're not feeling like yourself, that's a big red flag that something's going on. And I would say the first step is tell anyone, honestly, because mm -hmm. sometimes you're even scared to go to the doctor and talk about it. For me, I'm I'm grateful that my husband, he's in healthcare. And so I think he saw the signs. I, I mm -hmm. kind of had enough. I'm, I have my undergrad in psychology. I did have a little bit of postpartum depression that I had experienced. So I knew enough about it to kind of eventually clue into the signs. But yeah, the very first time I got on medication was I, just with my primary care physician. So I think that's a great first place to start. I think it can feel overwhelming thinking, oh, do I need a psychiatrist or mm -hmm. do I need it? Do I need therapy? Like, what do I need? And I think a general practitioner can definitely talk to you more about what you're feeling and guide you in the right direction. Maybe you need medication temporarily or maybe you don't. Maybe you need therapist. So I think that's a great place to start for sure. Yeah, my general practitioner does a mental health questionnaire every time you go in pretty I much for anything. And I think, I mean, as long as you're honest on that, I think it's mm -hmm. really helpful. But I, every time I'm answering it and I'm honest, but I think I wonder if people come in here and are like, don't want to talk about this. I'm just going to sure. be like, fine, fine, fine. I my pediatrician is doing that now for yep, every yes. visit for my kids. And I'm so grateful because I don't ever fill it out or ask them the questions. I literally just hand them the clipboard and like, I want you to fill this out and be honest. And mm -hmm. I actually have a chapter in my book about um, talking to your kids about mental illness. So I love that practitioners are factoring that in a lot more because you could go to the doctor for dizziness and they could do a whole host of tests that aren't anywhere near diagnosing you for anxiety. Right. So yeah. I think right. it's really great that the stigmas are being broken down more and more in the medical society as well as general society. Mm -hmm. Yeah, getting rid of that stigma. And that's so much what you're doing with all the articles yes. that you write and the books that you write. And so, okay, so we haven't had the opportunity to see all the chapters, but <laughs> since since we had our little sneak peek and haven't seen all the chapters, like what uh -huh. are some of your favorite chapters and topics that you covered that you're excited for readers to be able to see? So I have the book broken down into four sections. And the first one is, <laughs> what is the mother load? And that's talking more about just the mental load that moms carry. Mm -hmm. And then the next one is Pretty Little Lies. And that's about the lies society tells us about what motherhood should be. Ooh. And then Toxic Positivity. And then the last one is about mental health, mental illness. Mm -hmm. When you have an actual diagnosable depression, anxiety, or some other issue going on and how that affects mothering. So it's like asking me to pick my favorite child. I think, <laughs> honestly, this book ran long to where my editor was like, come on, Meredith, you got to like tell this in a little more because I felt like there was just so much I wanted to say yeah. on each section. I really feel passionately about all of them because 
I really love the toxic positivity section because I think so many of us fall into that trap of feeling bad about ourselves. But my main hope and goal is to just take away the shame around what kind of mother you thought you were going to be versus the mother you actually are and um, how we just need to take care of ourselves more mentally and give ourselves grace and let go of that idea of being the perfect mom. So I don't know. I love them all. But there's there's a funny story. I will say there's a funny story. I can't remember if this was in the sample chapter about me running over my cat. (laughs) And that doesn't sound funny. (laughs) I know. She's still alive, you guys. She's 15. She's just a little flatter. (laughs) No, this cat has nine lives for sure. (laughs) She has given me so many gray hairs. She has gotten stuck in my garage door at the top. Oh, like pinned. She has been run over. She has climbed trees. She should not have climbed. She's yeah. She's an old lady now though. And she's slowing down quite a bit. So watch out. Mine made it to 21. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Wow. So she's 15. So, you know, I still have a few years left with her, I guess. She's in midlife. Yeah, we just call her the grumpy old lady downstairs, oh. you know. But oh, my God. But you ran <laughs> anyway, her over. I ran her over, and it was in a rainstorm with my middle kid had a complete diaper blowout up the back. Oof. And I had my daughter, who was three or four at the time, and we all heard the cat screech when I ran her over. Oh. So it was very traumatizing for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I still to this day, I'm not going to give away the end of the story because you got to get the book. But I still to this day <laughs> oh don't really understand what happened there. So anyway, but um, she's, she's alive and well. At least you know that much. Oh, my gosh. OK, oh my she's gosh. alive. She made it. Yeah. It's like all those people who whenever they get a new book, they check, does a dog die in this book? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're going to. It's buried in there. You know, that story. I can't even remember which chapter it's in. But um yeah. Oh my goodness. So, well, oh. no, that was not in the sneak preview that we know. So, oh, <laughs> I'm looking that. forward to that one. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. Oh, I want to talk for a minute that societal pressure. Oh, good. I is... want to talk about that too. Good. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you feel like it has changed? Is it improving? Or moms forever and always doomed to feel this pressure coming from all sides? Oh, that's a really good question because I sometimes think a lot of my pressure was self-imposed. Granted, when I can step back, I think that there was definitely some cultural things in my religious upbringing, but also societal things. uh, And a lot of just like, I don't want to do it like my parents did it. So there were definitely some expectations I had of myself. You know, I, I write about that a lot in the book about how I, at one point I was going to make my own baby food and do cloth diapers and you know, I did those things. <laughs> you know, my daughter. Yeah. Oh, so no. that's I made my own baby what? food for oh, my first. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. That's fine. If it makes you happy and it makes you fulfilled and it's not because outside pressure, yes. I think it's fine to make your own baby food mm-hmm. and to use cloth diapers. I think those I don't think my motivations were the right motivations. My motivations mm-hmm. were more mm-hmm. about this is what I'm supposed to do. This is the mm-hmm. right thing to do. And I think for me, a lot of the expectations were self-imposed because of my perfectionist, people-pleasing type of Uh personality. Uh But that's self-imposed, I think. It's self-imposed because your entire life you've been told told by society something. So so you hear the voices. Yeah. And it may be real or it may be imagined. I mean, personally, I would imagine that certain people in my lives were thinking, you know, mm-hmm. like I would hear in my head, like, oh, so-and-so would say this, or they're thinking this about me. And Oh, for um, sure. It's in there and you, it's hard to learn to shut those up. Yeah. Especially when we're on, we're so connected online. You can yeah. see what other moms are doing with their kids. You know, our parents didn't have that. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I grew up in the, I was born in the seventies, grew up in the eighties. Like that was a totally different childhood Yes. and what, and it's totally different time period for my mom. Like she was, she was working full time most of my childhood. And yet I was like, I'm going to be a stay at home mom. And so in some ways I pushed back against what I saw at home 
and right. wanted to do it differently. So I, you can't negate that there's outside influences always, mm -hmm. whether it's your own upbringing or society or what you see on social media, for sure. So whether or not it's getting better, I like to think it's getting better, but... I'd like to think we're getting more tools, maybe. Yes. yes. Yeah. My main thing is it's more of the disrespect or the lack of respect for the role of caretakers that I still see throughout society. And we're asking women here, our listeners, to you know value themselves, to do things that are important to them and know that they have worth, even if it's not assigned to a paycheck. And that's such a big ask when the rest of the world seems to be not valuing it. And I mean, mm -hmm. it's... It's no surprise that there are mental health issues when you're getting all For these sure. messages about, oh, it's the most important job in the world. Kind of like teachers. It's the most important job in the world, except for nobody nobody cares nobody really cares you yeah, yeah exactly right. so right. yeah that is a, that is well, a tricky I, one so i don't know if i told you both this but i'm actually in graduate school right now and oh exciting yeah so um part of my journey through motherhood and through my own mental health has been kind of a little bit of that breaking down the patriarchy and like feminist awakening and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. has been part of my journey. And I very much thought that I wanted to be the stay at home mom. That's all that was, that was the highest, you know, most important job in the world in my upbringing and in my psyche. But then when reality hit, I actually think that's what thrust me into writing is I just was not fulfilled just mm -hmm. doing the job of being a stay-at-home mom yeah. and written about that too because at first I think I felt shame around the fact that like maybe I wasn't meant to be a mother like maybe this isn't my job because I'm not enjoying it you know so I, I had a lot of angst I guess around that in yeah. early motherhood and then you know the past few years I've just been really breaking down a lot of like those cultural and societal things that I believed and mm -hmm. um, at some point I realized mm -hmm. like I never pursued the dream I had when I was a young adult, which was to become a therapist. And so I'm 45 years old and I'm in grad school to become a therapist. Right. <laughs> so I hope amazing. that inspires someone out there. I love there it. I, I really, I talked myself out of it for a good solid year because, you know, when you're this stage of life, time is limited anyway. How much longer can I really work? And mm -hmm. it takes a lot of time and money. And then my kids, you know, I had all these thoughts right. rolling through my head, like, I can't do this. But gosh, I have never felt more happy and fulfilled than I do right now, knowing that I am doing what I was meant to do. And I am oh. like that nerd in the class that I'm just like reading everything and wanting to just like soak it all up and, you know, yeah. Anyway. So who are you I in class with then? Like, because uh, I think that is something that are probably a lot of listeners are like, oh, let's talk the whole episode about what. <laughs> Wait, I can come back and talk about process. that another time. But so I actually am doing an online program through Southern New Hampshire University. Okay. And my master's degree will be in clinical mental health counseling. And so most of it's online. But just two weeks ago, I flew out to New Hampshire and had an, a face-to-face -face class with all of my classmates. and. It was, I can't tell you how amazing it was because it was all women in this class of 12. And I would say all of us, except maybe two, were moms. Mm -hmm. um, we were ages 23. I think I'm the oldest in the class, so 45. And I wasn't the oldest person there that weekend or that week. But um, it was really inspiring to see all these women who had done various things. Some of them had had careers. Some of them had been stay-at-home moms. Some of them were pivoting and doing something totally different. And just the beautiful, I could go on forever about how okay. wonderful and beautiful it was to be with these women and see them pursuing their dreams. And so, yeah, I could talk for a whole hour about my journey to going back to school and pivoting my career in that way. Yes. What does the timeline look like? Yeah, so I will be done with like the class portion two years, but then to become licensed, it's another, you know, you have to be, have supervision hours and all that kind of mm -hmm, stuff. So mm -hmm. three to four years to where I'm probably fully licensed. 
but it's just been so great. I hope I can be a therapist when I'm an old lady, I guess. So, hey, you're talking to (laughs) to the 50 year old. I am. You'll still be younger than me when you're practicing. So, yes. All right. Well, I hope so. I, you know, I think a lot of it was writing this book and making me realize, gosh, I want even more tools to help women. Like I, Mm -hmm. in some ways, I'm just telling my story in this book, but how wonderful would it be to have more education and more skills to offer people down the road. So that's my, I hope that my hope is to work in maternal mental health. That's Mm -hmm. my goal. So, yeah. I mean, I love it so much. And you're, (laughs) this is why we started the podcast. It's just, it's never too late. We can always pivot. This is everything so close to our hearts. And I mean, I'm so excited for you. Oh, thank you. That you're doing this. I'm thrilled I'm doing it too. I can't, I'm so glad for a husband that was supportive and, you know, it was actually men in my life. My therapist is a man and I would go in there and I would talk to him for hours about, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I should do this. And he was the one that helped me figure out that, yeah, this is what you're supposed to be doing. And I am so grateful for that. Yeah. I know as much as we're like smash the patriarchy, there are, there's some, there's good, good guys out there. Out there there's some good sure. men out there good that are dudes. helping us actually yes. get to where we want to be. So, yeah. and yeah. I think that we need to make sure that we demand that from the men in our lives as right. well. Exactly. Like, like let's for have a, less. how do we, have you had a podcast episode yet of how to raise your boys where they can do that? Cause that, I'd be totally down for listening to that one. Oh my gosh. You know, we focus more on the moms than yes. on the kids stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, we do talk about, it. we both are raising boys. So yeah. 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 My poor son, we've talked about it before where he's gotten really good at it now. Maybe he just no physical contact now, but for the longest time he'd hug, 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 and he wouldn't let go of a hug. And I'd say, uh, this hug is done now. Like I'm done with this oh, hug. Good. I'm glad like, I'm not the only one. I know. And I just felt like the meanest mom, but I just, but I was like, and he'd be like, no. And he'd kind of like try to tackle me. I was like, no, 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 no. This hug is done. done. And you know, I'm tapping out. <laughs> I have a kid like that. I have a boy like that too, who really just is a physical touch. Like he wants to be a barnacle on me. Yeah. And I, um, yeah, so I, I feel guilt about that sometimes too, but it's so good to teach them about yes. boundaries and personal like, space and consent and all that stuff. Yeah. And I have a hug. This yes. Hug right. Exactly. But, yes. Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm so excited. I feel like we just ended this on such a, well, I'm not done yet. We got the look, listen, learns, but as far as yes. what a high note to see that this journey that you went through taking care of yourself through anxiety, depression, the act of writing this book, which is going to help so many people, has ended up helping you in the end in going back to school. It's I amazing. just yeah. love that so much. I didn't realize that you were doing that. So I'm really excited yeah. that you shared that with us. Yeah. Yes. So maybe more books in the future. Who knows? Once I get that licensing mm-hmm. under my belt, can call myself a therapist, but I'm, I'm really excited about it for sure. Yeah. I am excited for you. And let's tell our listeners where they can find you and follow along this journey so they can celebrate with you when you are a therapist. Well, the question is, where can't you find me? Really? <laughs> I think if you Google perfection pending, um, a lot of my socials are perfect pending. Mm-hmm. I'm most active, I think, on Instagram and Facebook. So those are good places to reach out to me and message me for sure. I try to be pretty responsive to my followers. But awesome. Google my name and you'll find me. I, I hope I don't have a stalker out there. But... <laughs> <laughs> and the, uh, the we'll release date for the, the book again, are you people can uh, pre-order it now, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. So April 18th is the release date. If you pre-order it, that just means the day. If you order it on Kindle, it's going to magically appear on that day. If you order a hard copy, it's going to be shipped out that day. So definitely go ahead and pre-order so you don't forget about it because <laughs> I know how busy moms yeah. are and yes. so and it's help, so helpful to an author on that release day to have some pre-orders too yeah. so yeah, yeah. It and it's a gift to yourself too because you do forget about it and then this book shows up and you're like oh, oh yeah I I my favorite. that happened to me the other day I was like I wonder what this is and then yes. it was like Christmas yeah, yeah exactly for future Suzanne I love it exactly <laughs> and you know what it's it's coming out kind of pretty close to Mother's Day so think of it as a Mother's Day gift to yourself so oh I love that perfect all yeah. right. 
So then, yeah, let's jump into our look, listen, learns for anybody who's here for the first time, our look, listen, learns. We just like to spend a couple minutes at the end of each episode talking about something that we're reading or listening to or learning about, even if it's not necessarily grad school. <laughs> we don't like to usually put our guests in the Good, because seat, so. I needed a second. So that's oh, good. Great. Let's hear what you, <laughs> you guys are doing. Yeah. <laughs> Missy, what are you up to this week? Okay. So I can't remember if I've already talked about this on a podcast. I don't. I think I wrote it down to talk about it and then something happened and I didn't, but I thought you said this would work. Have I talked about this yet? I don't think so. Okay. It's by Ann Garvin and it's called, I thought you said this would work. And she is one of the writers who's going to be at this retreat I'm going to. And so got the book in advance and I loved it. It's about three college friends who two of them are no longer in contact. So they have like their third triangle person and they're, common friend sends them on an adventure to do an errand for her and it's some of it's really warm and lovely and some of it is really silly and there's a a couple super quirky characters and they go to an animal sanctuary that is an actual real animal sanctuary and so it's a great great story I could not put it down you know the kind of book where you're just like it was an easy read and I just wanted to read the next page so I think I read it in like two sittings. So how many books for me. do you need to take to this conference to have signed? I know you've been reading a bunch of them by the authors. Uh, like five, like <laughs> five. I was, just, I mean, literally I told Suzanne earlier today that I needed to finish some things today because tomorrow I have to work on packing because I'm going to be gone. I'm doing the conference and then I'm doing another trip right after that. So it's a whole lot of underpants for someone who takes two or three per day for a trip. <laughs> I don't know if other ladies do that. I totally do that. Yep. Yeah. So I got to pack all those panties and then I got to figure out how to get all these books and not exceed the weight limit. And can I carry my own bag and get it in the overhead bin? And so. Oh my gosh. uh, Yeah. yeah. And I was trying to decide like, do I take them with me and get them signed? Do I have them sign another copy and ship it to myself and then pass on my copies to someone else? Oh, that's a nice idea. Okay. Mm -hmm. I got to think through this. I was going to say, you could just rip out the front page. (laughs) Could you sign this and then just shove it back in? (laughs) Right. Or just have them sign a piece of paper and like tape it in there. I don't know. Yeah. So I highly recommend this one though. Great book. I've been telling everybody I know about it. It's just a super fun read. And then I have been watching a show on network television. I feel like I never watch network what? TV anymore. Are you a grandma? But a couple of weeks ago when I had all that snot and crud one day, I was like, I just want to watch something easy and light and short. Yes. And um, Hulu told me to watch Not Dead Yet with Gina Rodriguez. And she was Jane the Virgin. I don't know if y'all ever watched that yeah, show, yeah. but oh, Jane the Virgin was one of my favorite shows ever. So it's Gina Rodriguez in a little sitcom about a woman who's been through massive heartbreak and is trying to start over again. And she gets a job writing obituaries and the people she's writing about visit her. So it has kind of this magical, a little bit like Jane the Virgin, it has kind of this magical element to it. And um, she has to help them sort out something and they're all helping her in the process. Oh, it's cute. That little 30 good. Minutes, silly yeah. sitcom. Uh, but it's very cute. And the last episode I watched was, I mean, very heartwarming. So that is a good one if you were looking for a little 30 minute increments. So oh, and that I'm sounds still cute. listening okay. to Taylor Swift over here. I need some yes. new music as much as I love T-Swift. Like I can't get enough. Yeah. But I, I think even my mom's that getting and- sick of it. I have it just going nonstop in my car when I'm not listening to a yes. podcast. And every time I drive her, we go to Costco every Friday. And I think she's like, okay, enough already. <laughs> hey, I love Taylor Swift too. So yeah. my kid walked in last night after swim practice and I was home alone, which was glorious. Yes. And um, I had Taylor blasting while I made dinner and stuff and he walked in and the first thing he said like he talked to the kitchen robot and said stop <laughs> I was like hey Alexa <laughs> cut my mom off <laughs> all right so that is me what about you Meredith so um music since you just mentioned music have you guys heard of Maddie Zam no okay she's she's been on a lot of TikTok videos but okay. I highly recommend she I think is kind of a self, it's not self-published. What is it when they put out their own album kind of thing? What is that oh, called? Independent. I don't know. I don't know. I like don't... the, anyway, you can find her on Spotify, Maddie Zahn, okay. Z-A-H-N. And she okay. writes amazing music that's about just kind of deconstructing her prior version of herself. 
So Mm -hmm. she has some songs that talk about issues with weight as a woman. Um, I think she's got one song that's called Fat Funny Friend, and it's really good. And then um, songs about relationships and stuff. I think she's only got like five or six songs. Yeah. Um, So I'm like dying for her to come out with an album because I think she's just an amazing um, songwriter. So yeah. Anyway, there's there's a plug for that. Um, I also, a couple of things that I've been thinking about listening to are, um, I listened to the Secular Buddhism podcast. Have you guys ever listened to that? that? No. Sounds right up my alley. Uh, So I'm not a Buddhist, but I have kind of been on a spiritual journey. We'll just leave it at that myself. And it was recommended to me by someone and he, his whole slogan around his podcast is, take what you learn here to be a better whatever you are already are Mm, and uh, it's very much not religious based it's all about just kind of the schools of thought in buddhism and so many good like metaphors for life and stories that come out of buddhism it's healing and like balm to my soul it's like a good 30 minute sunday listen or something so that's, I'm that's putting another that one on my list. I was yep, looking I'm for it. It's really good. He says to start with the first five episodes. Okay. So you kind of get an idea of like the concept behind secular Buddhism. Right. And then from there, you can just listen to whatever. But it's a lot about just retraining your brain. And I need that as somebody who is a glass half empty sort of girl. <laughs> <laughs> but and then the last thing I was just going to mention, I wrote an article recently about... um if the side effect of being happy is being fat, sign me up. That I was the name. That, that was the title of the article. And mm-hmm. it was about taking mental health meds, but also about trauma and how our body kind of keeps track of that trauma within us and how to deal with that. So one of the reasons I wrote about that was because of a book that Oprah has out. And I can't remember the doctor's name she did it with. But it's a pretty popular book that you guys have probably heard of, but it's called What Happened to You. And that would be a great plug for like a mental health type book that and it's it's really a great listen on Audible because it's Oprah discussing with her psychiatrist. I don't know if it's her psychiatrist, but with a doctor about trauma and how that affects credit for that one. Yeah, Yeah. it's a really, really good listen. So I love Oprah. I'm a big fan of hers, but um, But her and a doctor together, and they kind of just have this back and forth dialogue about trauma and how that affects your body and how that affects, you know, everything. So, oh my yeah. gosh, I had to write all three of those days. Uh, yes, yeah, I yeah, that new thing. That's, gonna, that's amazing. I'm going to be oh. so busy. Well, I feel like I you ladies are really plugged conversation. in. So, <laughs> oh, the mental no. health meds is something it's been, it's been a topic of conversation with some friends in my life. Like, we're yeah, saying, do we want to be like, it's frustrating, I guess, to have carry this extra weight, but also be in a better mental space. Absolutely. Like, do we treat it off? Do I just want to be sad a little while? Lose these five I pounds? know. But I, no. I know. I know. And I, yeah, go read that article because I think it'll inspire people too that like forget those stigmas and the, the shame around being overweight. Like yes. to be mentally well is so much more powerful, especially yeah. as parents, you know. Yes. Right. So. Right. To be able to show yourself that love is exactly where I've landed. Like I yeah. just need to love this and love that I am taking care of my brain so that then I can be here for my family. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Priorities. All right. Well, what about you, Suzanne? Okay. I know you need to get going soon, Missy. So yeah. I am going to go zip up. Um, I it's all right. looked, we just watched for the first time last night. It's called Kunk on Earth. Did you watch this? I haven't watched the show, but I've seen her on TikTok. Oh, she's hysterical. My God. Okay. So the description of the show is follows Philomena Kunk as she comically tells the story of our greatest invention and asks experts hard hitting questions about humanity's (laughs) progress. So Kunk, this Philomena Kunk is played by Diane Morgan, who's the same actress who plays Kath on Afterlife, which is one of the look, listen, learns, Missy, that you turned me on to, which I also (laughs) love. And Oh my God. So it, 
like Rick Steves, like as far as we've only watched one episode, but this one yeah. was like going through ancient Egypt and kind of things. Yeah. And so it's like Rick Steves doing a tour and like, and then splicing in these daily show type interviews where she's just asking the most ridiculous nonsense questions to these brilliant experts who are just like, what the actual hell? And On the podcast, they talked about her religion episode. And I've got to go watch it because they said it is she breaks down world religions. Yeah, that's the second episode. So that's okay. the one we're going to watch. Ooh, I'm going to have Supposed to watch that too. Yeah, so that's on my list to watch. But you know how most things that are funny are like funny and then they take a little break and then mm -hmm. it's funny. I mean, this is, I think you need to watch it like 10 times because you're laughing so hard yes. that you miss like three other jokes. I thought Chris was going to pass out. Like <laughs> he was laughing and it takes a lot to like make him laugh. And he was goofy laughing for the full half hour. And that's awesome. And afterwards he was like, that was the best thing that I've ever watched. And I have to agree, but I almost enjoyed <laughs> watching him like react to it as much yeah. as I enjoyed the show. But oh my god, just that British dry humor. So smart. She's so dry. So like, oh, I don't know how she did not just bust it. But anyway, highly, highly recommend. And my listen and learn y'all kind of already took care of. I told you last week, or technically we recorded yesterday, but it was last week's episode <laughs> that I unsubscribed from all of my college application podcasts for my own mental health and mm -hmm. realize that I've been backfilling it with a bunch of my news podcasts, like my Pod Save Americas and stuff, which is not, it's so heavy. Also not good for your mental health? Has not been good for my mental health. So I was on the hunt for some like informative, educational, fun podcast and you guys came through. So I'm already done. You've taken care of my listen and learn. <laughs> uh, awesome. But maybe our listeners have ideas too. Not yes. that we want you listening to other podcasts. Yeah, but after you're done not <laughs> after this one. <laughs> yeah, listen to this. And then what else do you listen to? <laughs> exactly. Okay. So we did it. We almost got you out on time. Missy. Yeah, no, it's perfect. It's perfect. Okay. I'll be fine. Yay. Oh my gosh. Well, this was so fun getting to catch up. It's been way too long since I've seen you. Probably like a blog you a million it years ago. It was blog ago. you. Oh, wow. Yeah. Isn't that too crazy? long, a whole nother lifetime ago. But yes. um, And another blogiverse. Yes. And <laughs> yes. another blogiverse. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, but I'm so excited for you and all of all the different yes. directions that you are pivoting in your career and following your dreams. And I'm just extra, extra excited to learn that you are going back to school. That's something I kind of tease in the back of my mind and just have not been brave enough to even think that it's a thought. So do it. I tell the kids I'm going to go with them. Like, <laughs> I'm going to go. Well, my, we my oldest, out. my oldest is a junior in high school and she went, are we going to be like graduating at the same time? <laughs> like she didn't like the idea of that. <laughs> I love it. Oh, you could get your cap and gown photos together. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, that sounds great. You can save two graduation parties for the price of right, one. Right, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure she'll love to share her graduation party with me. Oh my gosh. Okay, everybody. And take a look at those show notes to get links to go yes. buy the book and all the other things that we talked about today. So thank you again. Thank you yeah, both thanks, for Meredith. having me. This was so fun. Take care. Bye-bye. Right, bye. Thank you so much for joining us for the mom and dot, dot, dot podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show today. And if you know someone else who could benefit from today's episode, be sure to share it with them. Also, please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find links to all the things we discussed today in the show notes over at our website, momandpodcast.com with the A-N-D spelled out. In between shows, you can find us at the socials, including our private mom and community Facebook group. You can find links to the group, all of our socials, and our questions and comments section over at our website, momandpodcast.com. Thank you so much for your support. We appreciate you so much. Now go out there and make your ellipses count.